welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, thanks, Tyler, for getting together with me and being a guest on the podcast. My Just, pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> so, um, you're my neighbor, and... Um, you have a family just down the street. You're also, I guess, would you call yourself a therapist or a counselor? And yeah, I'm a licensed therapist, yeah. Okay. And so anyway, um, I thought, you know, I had brought up the topic of relationships, but especially like physical connection and handshakes, hugs, things mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. that can... Um, for me, um, be a source of like overthinking. Like, um, Hmm. I, um, you know, sometimes I, I don't like, uh, goodbyes or greetings because it's like, okay, what should I do? I don't want to, I don't want to be too warm. I don't Uh want to be too cold. Um, now, you know, if there's like a couple of people there, now one person, it might be natural to give them a hug. But probably not the person they're with. But then, if I give one a hug and not the other, does that? What does that say to the other person? And it just gets overthinked, you know. Uh huh. But the um, transitions are hard for you. I guess so. Yeah. And uh, physical, but physical connection is like, um, you know, it's an important part of just relationships and relating to people, and um, and then. Um, and I, I felt the need for that sometimes too, because um, mm-hmm. as we were um, just discussing earlier, um, you know, we've, me and, and my marriage have had some kind of difficult times, and um, and things we've had a, a breakthrough, and things are so much better. I'm really thankful for that. But during those difficult times, it's like I don't feel like I'm getting, you know, there's like no physical contact, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes um, it's just a human type of need, I guess. But anyway, I've always thought, I've kind of thought of you as a person who appreciated physical contact. Is that true? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a physical touch kind of guy. I've, okay. uh, <clears throat> I definitely uh, both naturally, instinctually show love through touch, mm-hmm. and I definitely receive it through touch. Okay. Somebody uh, hugging me or rubbing my back or, um, yeah, shaking my hand or, um, yeah, just putting their arm around me or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely feel that. And um, <clears throat> and and there have definitely been times that I've learned relationally that I'm interacting with someone who doesn't like that (laughs) where I've tried to touch someone on the shoulder or something and they've actually kind of recoiled and kind of pulled away and and I've had to learn to be sensitive to who I'm interacting with and what it is that helps them to feel connected because for someone else it might be you know kind words or or something like that so I wonder if you know that that the other those experiences, if they didn't appreciate physical touch, or if it was just um, 
just something they were kind of awkward with or something like that. Because mm. like, do people, are there people who really don't appreciate physical touch? That's a great question. It seems like it. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. Yeah. It seems like it. Um, You know, one of the first things that comes into my mind is is the area of abuse. And sometimes people that have been abused in some way just kind of have this natural aversion to... uh, to touch, uh, other times not, um, but um, that's something that that pops into my head. Okay, so you know I had kind of um, explained a little bit to you like what I go through sometimes um, of just overthinking things. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever? Is that ever a struggle for you, or is that just kind of for people like me? <laughs> um. I think that I, I think in the moment I'm typically more relaxed and I'm doing less thinking except what I've, you know, what I've said about learning to be, um, more conscious and aware of maybe what other people want or need. Mm -hmm. Um, then I'm doing some thinking in the moment, um, but I think for me, I do a majority of my overanalyzing after the the meeting, and maybe that's when yours happens too. I don't know, but um, yeah, I <clears throat> I'll walk away from a meeting and then I'll think about the interaction for a while. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll second guess myself, or sometimes I'll wonder about what made the other person do what they did or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so mine mine doesn't seem to paralyze me in the moment. Mine. Um, could cause me to to think for a while mm-hmm. after. Okay. Um, okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And um, and and sometimes, especially if it's someone close to me, I actually could get stuck or paralyzed there in the analysis afterward, and and for me, feel a great deal of. Um, shame around maybe doing something wrong or hurting someone or saying something wrong or um, uh, I don't know if that makes sense like saying something that's hurtful or makes someone else uncomfortable or uh, something okay. like that when you're thinking about it afterwards yeah. yeah okay so I've thought like for someone who um, wants to kind of engage with people and, you know, and, and experience, you know, physical touch and relating with people, mm-hmm. but who might tend to overthink it a little bit. Maybe the best approach is just to just try to get to like, well, what, what do I want to do in this situation? Do I want to go shake this person's hand? Do I want to give them a hug? And just try to kind of think, what do I want to do? And then also, you know, keeping in mind um, the other person, if I get strong signals one way or another, mm-hmm. keep those in mind, keep that in mind. But um, but otherwise, it's just like, you know, uh, what do I want to do in this moment? Is that, you think that's a good approach? 
certainly I think asking yourself what you want is important. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and, and then either acting on that or voicing it, you know, based on the signals you're getting. But I, I think it's also important to know that the signals you're getting are also being filtered through your perception. And so I think there's another question of what causes you to, to analyze so much. What's, what is it that you're afraid of? or What is it that might happen if you do something wrong in the, in the moment? Um, and, and, and are you, are you subconsciously avoiding that thing? Hmm. Yeah, like why the overthinking, or why is it? It, um, yeah. Hmm. So I don't know if I. So at, yeah, asking yourself that question and thinking that through, to um, <clears throat> to kind of see if you're avoiding that in the moment, to see if if that fear or whatever it is, is, is contributing to the way you're perceiving things. Oh, that person took a step back. They, they must not want a handshake. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it, is that true? Or is, is that coming from a place of like, people don't want to be around me or I'm not lovable or I'm not whatever, fill in the blank. Right. I think it might be a little bit of just, um, perfectionistic attitude. In, you know, I don't know if, um, I think we kind of tend to think like eyes are on us and people are kind of focused on us thinking about how we're doing things and stuff more than so, you know, more than they are. So we are just wanting to present ourselves well, give a good impression, you know, stuff along those lines. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And anyway, um, so it could be just just that stuff going on but yeah feeling like we're under the microscope right when we're so not so to speak right right and because if if that's true then both people are standing there in that place right both people are feeling under the microscope at the right. same time right <clears throat> and uh, i think that's where where risk and vulnerability are so important in healthy intimacy. Like we're, we're taking a risk. Uh, there's this anonymous quote. I'm, I'm not sure um, who said it. I've tried to track it down actually. Um, but the quote is a definition of intimacy. And it says, uh, intimacy is when I give you the weapons of my mass destruction and you use those weapons to protect me instead of harm me. And I just, I love how that wow. catches the, captures the, the risk involved in being close to someone. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to open up and I'm going to, I'm going to reach out. I want to, I want to show you affection and show you that you're important to me. And when I do that, you could turn me down in some way mm-hmm. and that could really hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I don't do that, then I end up safe, but alone. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. So then there's the other um, aspect of like women, like what's appropriate with women in some cultures. I mean, it's like 
hugs, little kiss on cheeks and stuff like that, you know. And then American culture, it's a little bit more reserved, I think, and uh-huh. maybe some other cultures. But um, uh-huh. are there any guidelines when it comes to, um, you know, physical contact with women's women, <coughs> like, um, you know, hugs or whatever? Um, have any thoughts? Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> being in the the Christian community, this seems to come up a lot, especially. There's a real sensitivity to being, thankfully, to being uh, appropriately connected with the opposite sex. Um, I've always... Um, I've always found it very respectful uh, when someone asks, is it okay if I give you a hug? Hmm. Okay. Um, to like, just to get very practical, <laughs> like just saying, Hey, can I give you a hug? Right. Um, giving them the option to say no. Um, but that's a pretty tough thing to say no. I mean, they got to really, really not want <laughs> that's, to say no. That's true. Somebody would have to know how to say, actually, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Right. right? Okay. Because right. that's another risk to say that. Like, right. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but right. yeah, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. <clears throat> um, um Yeah, I don't know. Um, so it's not so much hard, fast guidelines. It's there's kind of some maybe freedom in there and personality <clears throat> aspects of what people seems natural to them and so forth. Yeah, I know that there are people that let's say the people I go to church with. I know that there are people that do not want to be touched. They definitely don't want to hug. And I've, I find ways to um, reach out to them and express care or gratitude or whatever it is that I'm trying to express without the physical touch. And then there are other women who will walk right up to me and fully embrace me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right. And, and for the most part, I don't, I don't really have a problem with that. Um, right. <clears throat> um, Yeah, so now we're starting to like broach the topic of sexualized intimacy. <laughs> um, Seems well, only to only in just considering that there is, um, you know, another aspect in it when it's like uh, a, a man and a woman interacting, and like sure. should other things be taken in to consideration. Like, um, I've asked my wife before, you know, is it okay to hug women? Like, does that seem appropriate? <laughs> and she's a little bit more on the reserved side. So she uh-huh. said, uh, it, it's okay for them to hug you, but you probably shouldn't hug them. Well, you know, I don't, I don't really think that's a hard, fast rule either. I mean, it kind of depends on the relationship and so forth. But um, I think, yeah. but um, anyway, I don't know. Yeah, I think well that I think brings up probably a really good point is um what are you comfortable with and mm-hmm. what is your spouse comfortable with? And if if the other woman is married, what is she comfortable with and what is her husband comfortable with? Mm-hmm. Um and do you know? Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> and 
Maybe could, if there's a question there for you, maybe you just step back from it and say, what is it that I'm trying to express here with a hug? Right. What is it that I'm wanting here? Is it for me? Is it for her? Right. And is, is there another way that I could do it? And it would be... Right. Equally beneficial and appropriate. Right. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> we can, um, you know, kind of move on to just the topic of relationships in general, unless there's anything else to say about this topic that you want to bring up. Uh, about physical touch yeah. in, in relationship. Well, is there any aspect of this where you're wanting to talk about sexuality, sex, sexual physical touch? Or is that not an area where you were wanting to go? Um, I'm okay to go that way, but I, I don't know exactly um, what you... So what are you meaning? Like moving into like romantic relationships and things like that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So like between a husband and wife and... Uh, you know, husband wanting sex and the wife doesn't or vice versa. Um, well, yeah. I don't um, necessarily have any preformed thoughts on that. I just, I didn't know if you wanted to go there, but I, I see that as another aspect of physical touch. Right. Kind of more in a romantic relationship. I don't have any particular questions there or like that hasn't been something that's been on my mind lately as so, um, mm -hmm. as far as like a, a question type of thing, but, um, okay. Yeah. You know, when it comes to relationships, um, so how do you feel about your relational life and so forth? Is, are you, do you feel like you kind of got things under control, like, or, you know, it's kind of where you want it to be and you're just maintaining it and, you know, of course, nourishing it and so forth. <laughs> or is it like, um, no, that's, it's still like out there and you're really, you know, going that direction, but you're not where you want to be and so forth about just the, the quality and involvement and stuff as far as relationships go. Yeah. <clears throat> well, my, my personality type uh, is all about relationship and connecting. Okay. And it's very important to me and <clears throat> uh, sometimes too important. And uh, <clears throat> sometimes um, So it's I guess it's funny because the in thinking about answering your question, <clears throat> I think I would always say no. It's never where I want it to be. <laughs> Excuse me, because that's 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 part of the beauty and the brokenness of my um, personality style. Um, uh, there's something in me that propels me to continue to connect with others, but also to push for deeper connection. Mm -hmm. And then the broken side of that is that it never feels like we've achieved enough connection. Mm -hmm. It always feels incomplete. Come on, let's have some more. Like if I could, can I just crawl under your skin and just be that close to you? 
<coughs> Excuse me. And so for those people that don't like physical touch, they're like, please step back. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. It's okay. <clears throat> Let me know if you wanted a cup of water or anything like that. Okay. <clears throat> um, so... Um, so uh, I guess for me, I'm learning a couple of things. I'm learning to be satisfied with the connection as it is and, and accept other people for who they are and, and, and what they're able to give or not give in a relationship. Um, and then the other side of that is that I'm, um, Christopher Hortz wrote a, a book called The Sacred Enneagram, and in there, uh, the uh, the the growth area or the prayer stance for my personality type is to consent to solitude, and so I've been trying to consent to solitude um, where I would normally reach out and make a phone call or send a text or uh, hop online and talk to someone. I was thinking, you know, in, in, here's a perfect example of my personality type in college. I remember I'd have 15 to 20 minutes of errands to run and I would spend 30 to 40 minutes calling people to see if they wanted to go with me (laughs) and I could have just had them done, but it's like I, I almost needed someone with me. Um, so thankfully that's gotten better <laughs> in my life or I'd never get anything done. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Huh. Cause I'm kind of just the opposite. <coughs> I think it's yeah. like, I know relationships are important. <clears throat> so like I, but my, my default way of going through life is to get things done. And, um, but I, so I have to consciously say, I'm going to sacrifice getting this done for the sake of talking to this person or calling this person or, and things like that because I know those things are important and I find them really satisfying. But my mode is more of just working through a to-do list and getting things done. So it seems like mm-hmm. just, you know, we're kind of fighting against our urges uh, are, you know, in two different ways kind of. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> But um, when it comes to relationships, I kind of think, you know, a person can go broad or they can go deep, but they can't really do both. Um, I mean, um, on the extremes, you know, you can't go really deep on on that extreme and then have a lot of contacts and and be busy, you know, and and then... On the other aspect, you can't just be busy with all kinds of different people because there's all these new people to talk to and and there's just and it's all exciting because they're just new people and like who are they and um and I tend to be kind of more lean more that way I think like um mm-hmm. let me ask you all these questions <laughs> you know um but then if you're really on the extreme that way um then you're you're probably not investing into just a small number of relationships and going deeper and having that thing that's going to go throughout your life. Whereas these broad relationship, I mean these broad yeah really contacts, they're going to come and go a whole lot. So um, that kind of balance type of thing is something I've thought about before, and um, 
how do you so how do you feel about how, where you are with that? Um, I mean, it it seems like a little bit of like a protection a person needs to put up to guard those deep relationships if one has a tendency to go broad too much like I might but I don't know I don't know like what are your do you have to think through that and kind of um, structure your time in a certain way um, for that or or how do you deal with relationships you know as far as like broad or deep and nurturing them and giving them the time and so forth mm -hmm. you're talking about balancing breadth versus depth in relationship is that right yeah okay yeah that's one aspect of it yeah but yeah let's just go there for right now okay yeah <clears throat> one of the populations that i work with is um are, are folks that uh are dealing with hypersexuality or sometimes called um, sexual addiction and it's really um, at its root is an intimacy disorder and so more than sex we're actually talking about relationships and healthy intimacy and um, broken intimacy and um, anecdotally I, I've not read research on this but anecdotally um, I typically see men who are really good at making the initial relationships. They can connect very easily. They're kind of charismatic and outgoing. Um, but then they struggle to take it deeper. <clears throat> and so there's kind of a lack of intimacy on a depth level. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then I see um, men who, who really are anxious and avoidant and struggle to make the initial connection. But if they can, then typically they've, they seem to have like a greater capability to go deeper if they can get over that initial barrier. So mm -hmm. just an interesting thing that popped mm -hmm. into my head as you were asking that question. Um, I don't know. I guess the other thing that, that pops into my mind is, is thinking about um, Jesus and his relationships and mm -hmm. him, him ministering to the large crowds um, mm -hmm. on a... On a um, Gosh, I'd hate to call anything Jesus did superficial, but almost kind of on a, like it wasn't as deep as his upper room right. discussions with his disciples, right? Mm -hmm. And then I think there's some discussion about even some of the 12 were closer with like three of them or right. something like that, were, were even closer to him. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so I, I guess... What I'm saying is there there seems to be a place for both, and the picture that I have in my head is a funnel, right? <clears throat> and at the top of the funnel, there's room for more of the, the broad and superficial interactions, and then as we go down the funnel, like, that inner circle gets smaller, because it has to, because... How can you how can you have a deep deep relationship with everybody? Right, <clears throat> and um, and then I'd go back to the intimacy quote, and I'd say that as we go down the funnel, like there's there's more and more risk. Like we're taking more and more risk, and the people closest to us are often the ones that can hurt us the most because they know us, um, which is what intimacy is. It's knowing and being known. Mm -hmm. um, so. Guess, does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah. Is there um, 
Okay, so is there any structure to that for you or routines that are in place to get you where you want to be with that? And and just not only the broad and the deep and proportioning that right, but mm-hmm. just relationships in general. Like you got um, you got things you need to do, and then um, so this is how it is. It might be different for you because your personality is different with <laughs> this. But for me, it's like I got these things I need to do, but um, I I want to not neglect relationships. So I'm. I think, do I need to schedule in things, you know, and I try to put things in my routine so that I won't forget to like maybe make some phone calls or um, maybe, uh, you know, try to meet with someone face to face every week for a cup of coffee, you know, or um, do these awesome podcasts. (laughs) <laughs> well, the podcast, you know, it's one way to connect with people. So trying to do this like once a week is um, is a part of that. So do, do you have things, now for you, it might be the other, <laughs> swinging the other way, like, oh, I would just be with people all the time, but I have to make, you know, time for getting things done. Yeah. Um, do you have to, so when it comes to relationships, do you structure things um, in your schedule, in your life, and and so forth yeah well first I think it's cool that you do that that you know your personality enough to know that if you don't schedule it in you're you're gonna miss out on it just from busyness yeah Yeah. so way to go Um, uh, for me you're right it is the opposite I am I am the one at work that will bounce around to other people's offices <laughs> and just to have connection, just to talk, just to see each other through the day. And, uh, <clears throat> and so for me, yes, I actually have to schedule the time to work. I have to go in my room <clears throat> and shut my door and, and get work done. And I have to tell myself <clears throat> that nothing's wrong, that, that there's nothing, there's no, brokenness in the relationship just because I've closed my door. I'm not upset. I'm not like, like there I'll be like, Oh, people will think I'm mad or I'm not welcoming or something like that. If I, you know, no, 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 I just go get your work done. Tyler, it's okay. (laughs) So part of that relationship is not just you wanting to be uh, connecting with people, but like your impression of, of, you know, them how they think that's of you. right that's right okay. there's a lot of insecurity there okay yeah um <clears throat> and so again you know my personality type i grew up um <clears throat> usually my personality type grows up um, um how do you say it? uh Learning to, um, here's my, here's my pattern. If, if I'm not conscious of this, I will try to get my needs met by meeting the needs of others. Hmm. I will think of others and then hope. And sometimes if I'm in a really bad place, expect that they do the same for me. And that's unhealthy, right? Because I can't control people. I can't, like if I need something, I should ask for it mm-hmm. or I should get it for myself. I shouldn't kind of. And what you're wanting 
like what you're giving and what you're wanting? Is it like connection, like just attention and time and words and stuff like that? I think maybe thoughtfulness okay. and intentionality. Okay. Like if somebody does something that says, I was thinking about you, hmm. <clears throat> that... And that's meaningful to you. That's when, very meaningful to me. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Um. So you structure your work. Okay. I see. Okay. Um. Yeah, because see, I've got to. I've I've got to sit down and do work, mm-hmm. my work. And, and what, I mean, what a beautiful, um, metaphor that is, right? Like sometimes I don't go to someone else to have them meet my needs. I, I have to do it myself, right? Like sometimes I look to my wife and expect her to be God (laughs) and expect her to know everything I need and want and, and offer it to me without me having to ask, which is totally unfair to her. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but that also, like, I'm I'm not gonna. Uh, that that also um, highlights the the beauty of my personality type as well, which is the thoughtfulness. Right, it's the same thing that I try to offer to others. So I was thinking about you and what you needed, and that's why I did this. Well, that's not what I needed. <laughs> oh, right. Like sometimes, sometimes I can guess wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, my friends and I call this kind of thinking bird's nest. Like we, I start to intertwine all of these different thoughts together, and it can start to get confusing and nonlinear. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, um, so um, here's something, I guess it's kind of related. It's a verse I came across yesterday mm-hmm. in Revelation 3.18, and it's when uh, Jesus has got a message to the different churches, and he has the message mm-hmm. to the church of the Laodiceans, and they are kind of lukewarm. They f- they're pretty content with themselves, but... Um, he says they're, you know, they're not in very good uh, condition. And uh, he says, um, I counsel you to buy from me uh, gold refined with fire <clears throat> and then robes to cover your nakedness and, uh, and shame and so forth. And then um, uh, the last thing was salve for your eye, I guess, so you can see. Because uh, mm-hmm. he says they were blind, you know. And um, that kind of... Um, hit me as like the things to really pursue. So I got these goals for the year. Um, I got, you know, I arranged my week and my year so that I'm, that that my routine will kind of naturally lead me toward these goals. Mm-hmm. But um, it seems like um, he, he's, but the things I really should pursue seem to be like these things because like who um, who's more likely to be complacent than like 
a modern American in prosperity and ease and so forth. Um, and that's kind of what their situation is. And um, so I kind of think of my goals and stuff as something that ought to be, um, I should be able to sacrifice. <laughs> No problem. Um, so he says to buy, okay? So for me, what I kind of think of the word buy is like it might cost to get something. Like there's gold, there's a robe, and there's ISAV. So it might cost. So I got, what's it going to cost? Well, I got all of these things I'm trying to pursue. Maybe some of these things are going to be sacrificed. And, um, and that's kind of how I... And then the the gold and the sev and the rope, you know, like the 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 white robe kind of seems obviously talking about the atonement, just the that we're declared righteous and we're brought near to Christ mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. what His death and resurrection, and um, so uh, you know, putting a priority on that, feeling that emotionally and just being centered in that, and then the gold. Um, I kind of think of that as like, you know, the parable of the steward where um, the whole point being like use unrighteous mammon for, you know, to make friends to be received into heaven. Like, um, uh, you know, treasures in heaven rather than treasures on earth. Um, And it seems to be connected to helping the needy, love and so forth. Mm -hmm. So I kind of think of the gold as like... um, Jesus's, um, you know, commandment to love one another, and that that's supposed to be like what our life is all about. And then the um, I sev, I kind of think of that as like seeing things the way God sees them, especially seeing people as the way God sees them, mm-hmm. and seeing ourselves as the way God sees us. Mm-hmm. So um, there's like, um, but the by the word by really kind of. Um, seems to me like important it's like um everything's been given to us and yet we are asked to sacrifice you know the rich young ruler was asked to give away everything um somewhere um you know jesus always says take up your cross and follow me you know or to sacrifice and there's nothing so dear that should not be sacrificed in his name, in our service for him. So, and I, th- I think like in our pursuit of, um, in our pursuit of like these things, like love, knowing his love and loving others, you know, having his righteousness and seeing others as he sees them, seeing ourselves, you know, being able to have that clarity of sight that, um, you know, we might need to sacrifice our whole schedule or whatever for that. So it seems like, um, so I guess I was just kind of throwing that out there to see if you have any thoughts about that. Because to me, it kind of fits in with how I think about relationships and love, uh, because I'm naturally wanting to get things done. It's all about routine and stuff like that. And yet, when it comes to love, um, that might things might need to get sacrificed. They might just need to, you know, and I might not establish uh, uh, get to my goals and I might um, but it's more important to sacrifice any or all of that for the sake of like being in his love loving others seeing people as he sees them living that atonement 
type of <laughs> um, place and so forth. So anyway, just turn. You have any thoughts? Mm. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean that's really good stuff. Uh, I, I would just add this. What it made me think of was Philippians two. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. And then here's more directly what I was thinking of. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Hmm. So what's it look like in a working that out? And like, what may love cost? Um, love that just kind of comes easily and fits into our schedule and doesn't cost anything. You know, we'd be all for that. Yeah. But love may cost, and who knows what that cost may be. So... You know what? What may that? What does does it look like? Anything in particular in your life? Yeah, I think for me, um, as a counselor, if I sit with people all day and I put the needs of others above my own, because as a counselor, I'm not bringing myself into the session very much. By the time I'm done at the end of the day, I'm driving home and depleted. Hmm. <clears throat> and it's really easy for me to walk in the door at night and start taking. <clears throat> get dinner, get to sit down, get rest. Um, maybe I want to talk about my day. Maybe I don't want to talk at all. Mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> but my wife and my kids have had, had their day. Mm -hmm. without dad and I want to be there for them and I want to be engaged in their life and, and hear what's going on and have input into their their life mm -hmm. <clears throat> and give to them mm -hmm. but I've got nothing left mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I think there's a real opportunity to meet Jesus in that place God I've got nothing left mm-hmm <laughs> Please give me your strength to listen to a story, right? Because I've heard seven other stories in depth mm -hmm. throughout the day. <clears throat> Let me listen to my my daughter's story, my wife's story, um, with interest, with enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. um, help me to not disconnect. Because that's what I want to do usually when I'm done at the end of the day is just shut off. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, and sometimes that goes well. And other times it doesn't. Other times I just say, I'm sorry. I've, I've got nothing. Mm -hmm. um, can we talk tomorrow or <laughs> whatever? Um, I'll also... Sometimes while I've got energy throughout the day, I'll try to send messages um, to those in my family with cell phones. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, after a session, sometimes I'll have 
certain things come up or certain thoughts about my own life, about my own family. And I'll say, hey, just had a session that made me think blah, 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 blah. And I'll talk about an interaction I had with my wife or my, my son or daughters, you know, um, and express gratitude for them or okay. express care for something that they're going through in their life or, you know, something I'm, that was, that's one way I've tried to overcome the exhaustion at the end of the day is to interact with them hmm. throughout the day if I can. Right. Um, it's not always possible, but right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've experienced that like some just really warm thought or words of, you, you know, I want to express to somebody happens like, when I'm far away by myself or something like that. Yeah. And rather than to wait, you know, just sending a message right then would be a good thing probably. Yeah. And, and I think too, I mean, I think it's important to highlight, like it was just kind of striking me as I'm, as I'm answering your question here that it goes back to relationship. Like here, when I've got nothing left to give to someone that, I love or someone that God has put into my life. I'm going to relationship with him um, as a source of strength or as a refuge if I need something, if I need to talk about something. Right. So it's coming back to relationship again. It's just first with God and then with others. Okay. Because there, one, my first thought were when you were saying, you know, I give, 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 and then it's coming home and then you know, the need to give again. But um, it's like, why I just think, well, who made you, um, like God loves those other people, but God loves you too. So it's like, mm-hmm. why, you know, should any of us be kind of like, well, God loves everyone around me except for me. So, so you know, my needs aren't important, but they, they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It, it kind of, but you're saying, you know, there's times to um, not maybe, you know, look to God for the lack in your needs, um, so that you can love rather than because maybe it can't just all we be. Well, we all are getting everything we need, and we're just mm-hmm. all fine and content. That's right. Like things just don't always work like that. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Well, you're touching on something sensitive there it's good I mean that's the that's the struggle is that my needs come last Hmm. and and then I often don't take care of myself or take I don't take care of myself in the healthiest of ways Mm -hmm. I might overeat or something like that Um, I'll, I'll binge a show online versus <clears throat> going to the gym or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Just like, Oh, let me do the easy self care, <laughs> not the hard self care. <clears throat> yeah. And I think you're right. I think it reflects this really deeply. It's in there deep somewhere that my needs aren't important. Mm-hmm. And so I'm learning that it, it's okay that there are nights where I'm saying, I can't, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Um, I want to, but I can't. Well, can, can we just be together in that space? 
Can we right. both just be wiped out on the couch? And can that be okay? Right. Yeah. And it didn't always work for Jesus either, because there were times where he wanted to get away with his disciples, and then it's like, whoa, there's a bunch of crowds here. And he right. gave up his plans in order to talk with the crowds. So his example does kind of fit in like, well, things are not okay, and we're not getting everything, but I'll sacrifice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, um, for sure. But yeah, but without you know, um, recognizing the importance of caring for yourself in, in healthy ways and so forth, too. But. Yeah. Treating myself with the same love and dignity and care that Jesus does. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, what have you learned about life through being a therapist and talking with all the people you've talked with? Uh, wow, that's a big question. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the first thing that pops into my head is that life's answers are not simple. Um, that they're they're complex and there are a lot of moving parts. Um, and and while I do believe that there are answers. I, th- I just think that they're just as complex as the, the problems themselves. Um, and so I, I, I just, I guess because of that, there's a huge importance that I would place on just being with someone, seeing them and hearing their story listening to the words that they're saying, but listening also for the words that they're not saying, the things that are in their heart, their pain, their wounds, um, and helping them see that. Um, and then, and then helping them, um, apply the gospel to that, um, feels much more important than, throwing a Bible verse at something or, uh, you know, uh, just a, a pat answer or quip. Um, so listening, reflecting back, so they're kind of like getting a, your impression, like getting <clears throat> an outside view of like, which is hard to see ourselves sometimes. So kind of getting some clarity and then seeing how the gospel meets them where they are, something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. When we, when we're thinking about things, often those thoughts can be really jumbled in our head and actually saying them and getting them out helps us to organize them. And then having someone else hear it and say, this is what I'm hearing you say Mm -hmm. helps us organize it even more and understand it even more. I mean, it's just, uh, we're, it's, we're, we're, we're heading toward truth. Um, Right. So, um, I recently read a book by Parker Man, what's his last name? Um, I forgot. Hidden Wholeness was the name title of the book. But he's got a Quaker background. And one thing he talked about, like Quakers do, is they have this uh, clarity conference. I might have the name wrong. Um, but basically, the person who is asking for this um, 
has you know has this meeting and they're the focus person and then they have like three or four other people who from various walks of life who they respect and so forth and this is like a two-hour structured thing Mm. um i forget exactly how it goes but i think um the first 15 minutes or so the person just kind of lays out Mm. what they're going through what they're wanting clarity about and so forth and then for the next hour and a half or something like that everyone around them is just asking questions Mm. and um they're um and but they're not giving any advice at all Mm -hmm. and then I think at the end, it's just kind of like a wrap-up, a little bit like, um, okay, like if they want the last 15 minutes to be the focused person, to be the person to give their impressions <coughs> of the, the thing, it's like, you know, we were seeing this in your body language, we were seeing that, you know, this is what we, the impression we get from your, your what you were saying and so forth, mm-hmm. and then there's a little bit of a wrap-up, mm-hmm. and but it's not like advice at all. It's just to help the person to gain clarity about where they are and what their situation is and whatever it is. And then if they want to meet up with anyone for advice later, they can. But um, I thought, that seems like a really valuable thing. Um, and mm-hmm. this one person, um, she was nearing death, like a cancer, and she went through this thing, um, like I think multiple times, and mm-hmm. just as she was approaching death, just a. I don't know, help her in some way. But mm. anyway, it, it sounds to me a little bit like uh, some similarities to what like a, a therapist might be providing yeah. as well. Mm. But here That's it's powerful. Yeah. But yeah. Here it's done in a community. And yeah. what an act of love is um, for everyone there. Everyone there is going to benefit from it. Right. But what an act right. of love for that one person. Right. Like to see them and have like, give them the space to process and then help them kind of crack it open. And Right. Yeah. Hmm. That's beautiful. It is. Yeah. Hmm. Parker Palmer, I think his name is, well, um, you know, just here before wrapping up and so forth. Um, what in your life causes you to grow? Is there anything experiences, books, people or whatever, what seems to, push you ahead in just your personal or spiritual growth or or just that type of thing? too simple to say relationships. <laughs> um, I mean, really just taking, I'm such a relational person taking whatever I'm wrestling with in my relationship with God and being able to hash it out with friends is so helpful to me. Hey, I think, you know, as an example, hey, I think I'm hearing God say this. I think I'm hearing him tap me on the shoulder. But I'm not sure it's God. It might be my own voice, or I don't know. Help me out here. What do you guys hear? Oh, well, we hear that you want to have it all figured out before you make a decision. <laughs> oh, dang. 
Okay. You're right. Okay, so that sounds like this might be a step of faith issue. Like, I think God is saying this, but I'm really scared to take a step. Mm-hmm. And so it's there's something about the relationships that are super powerful for me in, hmm. in helping me um, follow God in, in all of my life, which makes the consenting to solitude part so hard. It really, that pushes me into this, this place of both trusting God on my own um, and um, I guess in, in some sort of like secondary way trusting myself like in my own ability mm-hmm. um, God loves me he will speak to me uh, I, I hear it <laughs> I can respond to it and I don't need all the outside encouragement or affirmation or like there's, uh, I don't know. I've lost sight of your original question. I'm just sort of <laughs> <laughs> rambling here. <clears throat> yeah. No, it's just like what moves you ahead, what seems to cause you to grow and mature as a person and so forth. So it's like that, I guess your answer is those interaction with people, huh? relationships yeah with with people and and with God then yeah hmm. okay <laughs> yeah right. I'm I'm also the 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 worship director at my church and worship is another place that I find deep connection with God Hmm. Um, and with with uh, the church as well I mean just worshiping with them corporately um, it's really beautiful and encouraging in my my faith my life Mm -hmm. yeah that's cool a lot of people find that so I don't so much <laughs> I mean I get more out of just standing in the midst of everyone maybe listening mm-hmm. to what they're singing mm-hmm. than actually singing for some reason mm-hmm. singing and like emotionally feeling something just don't connect with me mm-hmm. but anyway it's but mm-hmm. it, it does seem like that's common and it seems like a biblical practice you know Making melody in your heart to the Lord and yeah. and so forth, you know. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thanks, uh, Tyler, for My the pleasure. conversation. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, so me too. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Will. Mm-hmm.